Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show and you'll find us there. And as always, you can email us at Show at gmail.com. Today is episode 70.5. And as always, on the point five, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater bind, my co-host, Ellen Wigginter. Edub, nice to have you back. Thanks. Um, speaking of legs, I got fully cleared on my ACL yesterday, six That's... months, two days um, post-op, which is about three months earlier than most people do. So I guess I'm special in that sense. Yeah. Uh, you're definitely special, and um, <laughs> we. I. That's awesome news. I was going to ask. I saw it on the Twitter, and so I got got to say something about it. And then, uh, so yeah, congratulations on getting fully clear. All the T is done, and your legs are still looking great, and uh, you're fully functioning. So that's good. Yes, yes, fully functioning to the best that I can. Yeah, and then you know it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on, so yep. we took a little break for the holidays, and I. But we got to hang out with you, which was really cool. We got to go to a hockey game together. That was Thank a lot of fun. A gracious host. That was so cool. Oh, no, I'm happy to do that. I'm glad that yeah. you found Nicholas's basement apartment quite amenable to you. So I, That young man has the hookup. I mean, I didn't have a place that nice till I was like 25. I mean, come on. It's pretty nice. And he's, uh, you know, trying to get to your level of memorabilia collection. So, so. He, yeah. he had the advantage, I guess, of starting young, nothing else. Yeah. I originally started young and then quit and then got back into it. And that yeah. So, but I still have a few things when I was young. So, but hey, let's, uh, we got a lot to catch up on. So, yeah, I'm not going to do as much NFL talk today because we've already done a lot of that with Uncle Rico on the potty earlier in the week. If you want to mm-hmm. do our NFL preview or playoff preview, you can do that by going back to episode 70. Uh, we do about an hour and a half of just NFL. So um, feel free to check that out. Uncle Rico and I hit every matchup, every game, and then have our predictions for the whole way through. Uh, nice. We will come back here at the end. We'll do before the end, we'll do our Caesars Pickums of the Week. We got to have that taken care of here soon. So we'll do that. And we'll let you, if you want to pick a couple of games for, the, for football, I'll let you use football. I'm, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> uh, we'll have some football talk, I'm sure, at some point. Um, but, hey, I want to just jump through a bunch of stuff. First thing I want to do is I'm going to quickly glaze over it because it is it's, that was Monday. We're recording this Saturday morning. Um, did you watch the national championship game? Uh, I made it through the first half. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, like many you people. Than, you made it longer than TCU did. Uh, yeah. I mean, I got home from picking up Nicholas and – TCU score Duggan ran in the touchdown. I was like, okay, this might be a game. It was like 10, seven at that point. And then it just went off the rails and at half, I was like, there's no point to continue doing yeah. this. And there was a point for me to watch because I loved watching the SEC win. And that's, that was my thing. Yeah. SEC oh, school. They all stick together. So, um, you know, the, the, I think I want to ask, ask his question though about it. Do you think the is there a better argument now for expanding the playoff with how poorly TCU played with this this harbinger? Had Alabama been in there, would Alabama have been a better matchup than Georgia or Ohio State if they hadn't had to play Georgia in the first round? You know, I I don't know. I like seeing more teams just from the simple fact that you don't have same four to six teams in the playoffs every single year you're seeing the same matchups every single year and especially when it's sec versus sec that it's it's the second or third time that they've played each other it gets boring yeah it's not fun unless you are an sec person which although i live down in you know that area for 12 years I'm not and so getting a chance to see you know 
I'm curious, what would Tulane have done in a playoff scenario? Tulane would have done a hell of a lot better than TCU did. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't disagree. But it, I, I'd rather see that just because it's more than yeah. just seeing the same six teams every year. Yeah. yeah, I think that this game actually makes the argument better for expanding. Yeah. So we're going to see something different, I think. And it, it was interesting. I mean, it was it was a bloodbath of a ball game. I mean, it was never just a foot off the gas and – yeah, I mean, it's absolutely demolished. Um, absolutely demolished TCU. Un- unbelievable. Hey, and good for the country club walk-on that <laughs> he he got his second uh, national championship. I don't yeah. know if he converts to the NFL well, but yeah. oh, look at what's happened in the NFL for third-string quarterbacks this year. So yeah. you never know where you could land. You know, it's funny that Stetson Bennett is actually older than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's 25. Yeah. It, it was to me, that's kind of scary. And um I, I end up I look at that and I go, I don't know. I don't think his skill set, I don't think he has the necessary arm strength to be an NFL quarterback. I think he'd make a really good coach at some point. I think he'd be a really good college coach, kind of like uh, yeah. Mike Bobo was and there is and um you know, there's other people like that, but I don't see sense of Bennett being an NFL guy. And maybe but he gets some clipboard money, which would be great. You know, exactly. I was like, maybe he's the next Chase Daniel and he yeah. is just collecting it, doing nothing. I don't know. Chase Daniel is the king of clipboard money. I really? mean, that was made. I, I got to look that up now because I remember that it was, it's an outstanding amount. Let me get this for you. The amount of money that Chase Daniel has made as a backup quarterback in the NFL is so amazing. That's why I call him the king of clipboard money. Um, I had to go over there. Here we go. Chase Daniel. Where's the dad here? Where's the dad? He made 1.8 million this year. Here's his history. Total earnings for Chase Daniel, career earnings, $43 million. Gotta love it, man. He has been a backup his whole career. Went back to 2009. Man, I mean, just – and you know he's got a pension. And he started maybe a dozen games in his, in his NFL career. Yeah, let me see if it says on here. He doesn't say how many he's got on over the cap, but, yeah, he's literally been in the league since 2009. He's on his one, two, three, four, five, six – He's on the seventh team right now. Float around, get paid. It's good money if you can get it. Run the pack practice squad. I mean, yep. good for him. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, the other big thing that's happened since we last chatted was Demar Hammond. This all happened like since we've last talked on here. Now we've talked other times personally, yeah. but sure. Um, I want to hear some of your thoughts on the Demar Hamlin thing because I have a couple. I don't know if you've heard yet. Me and Ricardo talked about it, and what I brought up was nothing about football about this. What I did like about this is to see that we started seeing the good side of people. It's almost like we get to um, the. I was telling Uncle Rico. I said I think it's something like we've got this like restoring of some of my faith in humanity. Mm-hmm. By the way, people treated this situation. Except for Skip Bayless, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously some of those, but... You're always going to have clowns. Um, yeah. I mean, it was... I watched it in real time. Yeah. It was shocking. I can't imagine what those players were going through. Um, a friend of mine had... And I have always talked for years that someone is going to die during an NFL game. And Mar was honestly and physiologically the first person to do that. Yeah. Um, The fact. Sideline staff saved his life. 
Yeah, no, the athletic trainers from, you know, the medical teams coming together the way, thank God that they actually do some of this stuff as far as in season, out of season training for acute medical emergencies and coming together. Fantastic. Saved his life. Um, the fact that he was released from the hospital in Cincinnati, traveled back to Buffalo, was released from any medical care in the hospital in Buffalo also this week. It's astounding. And of course, being as young as he is, being an elite athlete, I'm sure all helps that process along. Yeah. And the, there are like, there's an astounding amount of positive humanity. You know, I, I donated to his charity. Yeah, me too. Um, I there's going to be... It's currently yeah. $8.8 million. Yeah, it's insane. Um, he was looking for $2,500, and now it's at $8.8 million. And I, I'm, I'm heartened to see that. My longer-term concern is... What will the NFL actually do with any of this? Yeah. Sure. That's, that's a valid consideration, too. You know, the whole concussion thing really pushed them to address player safety in a way that they hadn't been for, you know, 50 years of the league. So what about something like this? Yeah. I, I, it's not going to change the game. But how does the NFL truly address player safety in a way that's beneficial to the players and the staff? Because, yeah. I mean, people are going to sit and talk about this for years. Like, hey, were you yeah. watching that Bills game when Mar went down? Where were you? Yeah. It's going to be yeah. that touch point. People are going to remember it, yeah. I, I think that I'm kind of focused on the positives to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be is what can you do next? And sure. luckily I did say, at least with the NFL, um, the NFL having people on the sidelines the way they did and then how well-trained they were, it's first off, it saved his life. I mean, yes. he dies anywhere else. I mean, if it was literally a college football game, if it was an NBA game, and, and that's not the knock on those other organizations. It's just the NFL knows the severity of that. And they've had to face some of that. Well, or even if it was OTAs yeah, or something like that. That's well put. Yeah. How would you do that if it was OTAs? Would that same staff had been on the sidelines? You know, had, if it was training camp, would you have the same kind of staff? Right. Um, but what I wanted to, what I focused on with the last couple of weeks with all this has been the positives. Um, you see in the outpouring of support for him, whether that's through the GoFundMe piece, whether it was charity mm-hmm. or for, um, you know, people going out to his hotel, like going to the hospital that day, just seeing the fans at the game, you know, the yeah. Bills fans and the Bengals fans coming together, uh, how it was just universally across the board saying, hey, this is bigger than the game. Sure. We had a couple of knuckleheads. You mentioned Skip Bayless, and we're not going to get into all that, but he, there's a couple of knuckleheads out there. But for the most part, it was overwhelming in support of DeMar Hamlin. And I think that that's a positive. I think that it's great to see that we can come together for something. Sure. And for so long, last number of years, we've been pulling apart in mm-hmm. this country. And I like the fact that when something happened and this, we all picked ourselves up a little bit. We all helped. Yeah, out. I mean, the ongoing thread from last weekend, especially with how that the Bills game started off with the kick return for the touchdown. Yeah. Um, they had two of those in that game. Okay. It was yeah. it, it was pretty amazing, but especially for people in New York, they're like, I'm a Giants fan and I'm rooting for the Bills. This is unheard of. Uh, yeah. or Jets fans or whatever. Um, so yes, that piece about it is really great. I just I still wonder about the rest of it. And maybe there's not a whole lot that they can do and plan and scheme for because yeah. hopefully it's a one in a thousand percent chance that anything like that is going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
just seeing, and even his Twitter feed, like once he was uh, extubated and um, had started tweeting a little bit and Instagram and was watching the game and that kind of stuff. It was really, it's heartwarming. And I yeah. hope that he's able to play again if he wants to. Um, I think that will be interesting too, especially given some of the issues with like Tua and the concussion protocol this yeah. season. It just feeds into that bigger thing. Yeah. Uh, does the NFL only see it as their players as a commodity? Yeah. Or is there something bigger yeah. around it? It is nice that for once the conversation can be positive and not negative. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the big thing I've pulled away from this. Yeah. And I think that that's important. I think it's good that we focus on that. And and, and hopefully the NFL will put some more things in to make sure this doesn't happen again. It's a total freak situation of what did happen. Yeah. And then um, if you go back to the our last episode when Uncle Rico and I were talking about it, he was with his father. You know, his father is a surgeon. Mm-hmm. And he knew all about he make like when I talked up Rico that night, we were talking on the phone. Uh-huh. I said, Did you see this? He's like, Yeah, I'm with dad. He's like, and so like his dad got on the phone and was talking to me, and they were like, like, here's what I think. Oh, and it was pretty spot on. It was he had seen that once before, but it was in a soccer game, and it's just okay. a matter of where he was hit and how yeah. he was hit, not even how hard it was. Just yep. the this it made his heart skip, and yep. then that causes the arrhythmia from there. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 a sad, sad thing. So, but young man's going to make it, and that's the important part. And we're going to have him here, and we're, it's great that we've got someone still on this planet. You know. Absolutely, and by all accounts, he's just a wonderful person. So yeah, um, that's just an added benefit that I'm sure the Bills will be carrying him along with them throughout the playoffs. So yeah. I love that they kept him on the active roster. So they yep. made sure he got paid his full salary for week 18. Which yeah. It was cool. Uh, they could have easily have not deactivated him and that would have been sure. a different. Um, that's pretty cool. I want to jump over for a moment here and jump over to college basketball. This is your sweet spot. This is where you're our expert college basketball. As you know, I have been watching more college basketball this season than I ever have before. Yeah, um, I am the king of West Coast basketball because I'm I'm the late person. <laughs> I love. I, I know the West Coast Conference like you would believe right now because I've gambled on too much of it. But I want to talk closer to home here, the Big Twelve. Uh, you're Jayhawks. I am. Uh, I guess I can call them. I guess I'm somewhat Jayhawk adjacent now, so yep. I just have to claim them. And then my wife's Kansas State Wildcats. I'm gonna talk about mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, first off, I, I got to get some props to the Big 12. They have five teams currently ranked in the top 20. I, theoretically, I mean, by Ken Tom standards, I believe they would, I think all 10 teams could go to the tournament. It's not yeah. going to happen. Um, but yeah, the Big 12 conference is playing lights out. I'm currently watching the Oklahoma West Virginia game as we speak. So there's a lot That's of fun funny. things going on. Yeah. So I want to talk about the Jayhawks first. Um, okay. I, Jayhawks have had a, they have had an interesting time last couple of games. <laughs> I want Woo! to thank the Jayhawks first off. So this game was that Monday to Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, so the Jayhawks are playing the Oklahoma KU game. The Oklahoma KU game. KU is like a ten point favorite going in, and they are down. Seven with five minutes to go. Yep. This is one of those. If you're a gambler, if you're doing like I did, you look at it and you go, and I've already sent you the text, you've already seen it. I went, KU's gonna win this game. I mean, I literally had no doubt. I was like, KU's gonna win this game. Yeah, the live betting on that game had to have been crazy. It was. And so I'm on Caesar's app and I placed a two hundred dollar bet. Folks, don't do this at home. I placed a $200 bet with five minutes to go in the game that KU was going to win the game at plus 385. Mm-hmm. Then I got on DraftKings. Yep. And they had even better odds. And so I laid a bet on it at the same time. KU was down seven at the time. Yep. A minute and a half later, KU's down 10. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm still going, well, look, it's Allen Fieldhouse. He's not, self's not going to let him lose. He'll coach the last four minutes like it's, like it's hell. Uh-huh. And they're going to get some calls. It just happens. It's going to happen. At one point, KU was plus 480. And I oh, put no. Money. They were up 550, 600. Yeah, I, yeah, I ended up getting like the highest I got it was at 480. And I put $97 on it. I ended up making like $1,500 between yeah. the two things. I was like, oh my God. Like I was so excited. I woke the wife up. I was like, <laughs> she was like, holy shit. And I was like, they weren't going to lose. Like they just weren't. You can tell. Like Oklahoma was playing way above their pay grade. And they're not that good. Like you just knew it was going to go that way. And I got to give a lot of credit because I was watching the game. And I know you talked about him a lot. This is Grady Dick. Yes. And I was talking to a friend of mine locally here who's a huge KU fan. And mm-hmm. he was talking about Grady Dick a couple weeks ago. And I was like, I don't see what you guys see. He's like, Grady Dick's like Larry Bird. And I'm like, I literally just stopped <laughs> and looked at him like, how dare you compare anybody to Larry Bird? And then I watched the game. Oklahoma had a really good strategy. I may put a guy right up in his face and yep. said, you are not going to beat us. Yep. He had a problem distributing the ball. But self did what self does. It was like, okay, fine. We'll just have him go this way. You put a guy right on him, and I'm going to let Jalen Wilson take over. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this. Now, I'm not the KU aficionado that you are and most people watch him ever. I think Jalen Wilson's a better player. I do. Well, but sure. He's 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 more experienced. He's older. That's the exactly. part so I mean, that is people. I don't see in the Grady Dick thing. I'm not trying to criticize. You know, I hate criticizing college players. I don't see in him what everybody else appears to see. But that's also because he doesn't seem extremely athletic. Um, he's very fit. But I also look at him and go, he's 19. You know, so that thought's in my head, too. Like, he's going to look different at 21. Oh, he definitely will. Like, you you look at his – he's a one and done. He's not sticking around. Yeah. Um, and not that this is comparable, but you look at Joel Embiid, what he looked like his freshman yeah. year at PU as compared to what he is now. Yeah. You would not see his current body frame on that – long lanky yeah he was a lot that he was as a freshman and so the thing with Grady is I disagree with your athleticism comment because he can run the court and he can be very quick and he has good ups so I think he's a little bit more versatile than you may think right now maybe so um, but he's got such a beautiful shot and thanks to his mother, his mom was his coach. His mom played at, uh, Iowa state and, uh, you know, just taught him how to be a pure shooter and at six, eight to be able, I believe, um, for him to be able to just basically shoot from wherever he wants to on the court and go up on the rim. If he needs to, yeah. he can do yeah. it. Yeah. I was just, I was really impressed with what Oklahoma did to him. And they they gave everybody the roadmap. So now it's going to be on Kansas to see how that works in the future. And with having like I what I from my original point was you had five top 20 teams. Now you've got like they play Iowa State today. Yeah. K-State next week. Yep. You know, you still have games against Texas and TCU. Yep. It's going to be the one that someone's going to get them at some point. Oh, yeah, I have no doubt that he'll get shut yeah. down throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and, and and it'll be interesting to see if the rest of the team does what they did on Tuesday, which was let him be the all the, – let, let's get, get – um, let Grady get, uh, take a lot of the defense and then just run it through everybody else. And that's absolutely what they should be doing. KK Adams was not anticipated to be having the season that he has. Yeah. McCuller is playing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dewan Harris should be on all point guard lists 
because yeah. he's a, a much better point guard than people are recognized. And of course, Jay Will has had a very solid, consistent season. Yeah. The thing that I really appreciate about this team as compared to some others, I was at the Oklahoma State game, their, their opening Big 12 yeah. game on uh, New Year's Eve. They came down for 15 points at half at yeah. home. That may be, and granted, I'm old and haven't been to Allen Fieldhouse a ton in the last 30 years, but or maybe 25. Um, but regardless, like that may be the largest home comeback I have ever seen. Yeah. At Allen Fieldhouse. They came back from 10 with four minutes to go in the game. I know. It's going to be interesting to see this next season. And you got to figure the Jayhawks are going to get even better. So they're the number two team in the country right now. And uh, it's, they're going to be a favorite for the, they're going to be, I think they're the favorite for the number one overall seed. I mean, there's obviously a lot, long way to go when you get that tournament, but they're going to have a chance to go really deep in this tournament this year. They, they will. There, there's totally a possibility of them repeating. I think since the first time since Florida did it, um, and yeah, the first Florida round. The what's that? Florida is the last team. Okay. Um, the first round's out here in Denver. Oh wow! Okay. So, if if they get a one seed, they're going to be here in Denver, and there is going to be a huge KU presence here. Yeah, that'd be cool. So the other one I want to talk about, and, and this is, you know, and I went there for a few years and now my wife's a K-State grad. Man, I cannot tell you how impressed I am with the Kansas State Wildcats. It's so uh, great. 15 and one, four and oh in conference. Um, I watched the games against Bailey, who beat Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma State back to back to back last three games. Um they put a whooping on Texas. Yeah. And then the Baylor game was one of the best basketball games I've seen all season long. That was two teams slugging it out. And they, mm-hmm. the new coach at K-State coached at Baylor. He was an assistant coach. I've never seen a K-State team as athletic as they are right now. Mm-hmm. And not even the, the Michael Beasley team that right. beat KU in, 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 over, over in Manhattan those number of years ago. Yep. Not even that team was at, as athletic as this team. But they also just play solid half-court basketball. Yep. In there, and they can, they can get up and down the court with you. This is a good team. And then as I'm looking and learning more about, uh, about what's going on at K-State, and I go, holy shit, when I saw some of the recruits they've got coming in. This Keontae Johnson, this is the uh, – at K-State – is amazing. Um, you know his story, right? Yeah, he's the one that was at Florida, correct? Right, and he collapsed he, on he the collapsed court. Collapsed on the court, yes. And he hadn't played for two years, yes, because no one would clear him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think, was still on Florida's roster last year. Popped up in one game, but had no yeah. meaningful minutes, yeah. and he is. He was picked as SEC Player of the Year. Yeah. The year that his heart condition came up yeah. and he collapsed. And now he is having that year. But all media outlets, everyone picked K-State to finish 10th in uh-huh. the Big 12 last. And they are drunk tang is knocking out of the park you know he of course has already been talked about for the texas gig with Chris yeah. being fired um i am excited to watch this game this afternoon against tcu i don't yeah. know why k-state is a four and a half point dog it seems weird TCU's i think it's not even him tcu's yeah. home court advantage isn't that much though that's yeah. I, I mean i love you. jamie dixon but yeah I, agree I think with you. I K-State think is going to run this out. Yeah, I've, I've, I've actually bet on K-State today. I did well. too. I have, K- I have K-State and KU today. Um, I, I did a two-team parlay with K-State and KU winning. Yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> um, Tuesday is KU-K-State. Yeah. 
in Manhattan. The octagon. They have a, hey, look, they, they got to call it something fun. I mean, everybody has something. You can't make fun of them that much. All they're going to do is play Sandstorm and yell, fuck, pay you. So it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, can you say a chance against KU? Yes. I think so, too. I, mean, I think this is going to be a really good game. It's it. I don't. Iowa State is also an excellent team that no one really kind of saw coming out. Yeah. TJ's done great in the portal. He's really built this team at Iowa State, similar, frankly, to what the mayor used to do when he coached there. And so the fact that Iowa State has seven and a half points, the last I looked, KU does not. Yeah, so KU has not done well against the spread this season. At all. At all. It's been awful. And But I would anticipate, regardless of how either team plays today, the line should probably be two and a half, three points. Let me see where we're at. At most. As I'm looking at that, and again, we're here early on Saturday, um, Kansas. Let me get them to it here on the nice Caesars app. Caesars has it at eight. For KU? That's surprising. That will change. KU minus eight. Yeah, that will change. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, I just been. I was super impressed. I watched the K State game earlier in the week against. I watched the Oklahoma State game, and I was super, super impressed. And I did watch a lot of that game against Baylor as well. And then I I watched a lot of KU's game, and it was what I saw there at the end. Like I said, I was. It was no point in my mind where I went, "Oh, KU might lose." There's well, and when when you texted me, you're like, "Never doubt," and I was just like, "Damn." So UKU or UKU people were like, "You guys are like." All worried. I'm like, no, nah, this is we got. They got. They got, they got this. Well, and I, what's so funny I is that I saw the flow of the game after after that game was over. My brother texted me, was like, "Mom would hate this season so much because of how many close games um, they've had." And I was like, "Yeah, Marge would have hated it, and she would have loved it all the same because yeah. you know how big of a KU fan my mom was." So yeah, oof, absolutely. Hey, um, I'm going to take a little break right here. I want to see, do you have some, we're going to talk about the Caesars and our picks for the week. Uh, do you have any picks from this week? I'm going to first update the picks where we're at. Okay. Ellen is kicking my ass right now. You're <laughs> 13, 9, and 1. I'm a game above 500 finally. I'm 16, 15, and 1. I do have two NFL picks for this weekend. I'm, uh, I'm taking the Chargers, minus one and a half. I've already said on my earlier in the pod last week on the, the point on the last episode that uh-huh. I like the Chargers to win two games in this playoff. So okay. they're gonna have to win this one first. And I like them laying one and a half against Jacksonville. And then I like Minnesota at home, minus three against the Giants. I just think it's time the Giants are I think it's midnight Cinderella. They've way overplayed their their who they are as a team right now. They're sure. a good team, and Brian Dable's done a great job, but it's the playoffs. They got Daniel Jones at quarterback. I'm going to take the Vikings at home. So those are those are my kind of two. Those are that kind of those are my two picks of the week. Um, uh, anything okay. for me? Uh, I've got the Jags on the money line. Okay. Um, and I say that the Seahawks cover the spread, which the current one that I'm looking at is nine and a half. Okay, I got him at 10. So if you got nine and a half, we'll just do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will also say, of course, this will come up after these games have been played. But as I said, I did take K State KU money line parlay for both teams to win. And I did just lay money solo on K State. So uh, fun times are ahead. Yeah. So I laid KU and K State separately. I laid them as um, parlay, but I laid the points in both games. Okay. So I think KU is going to have that blowout game at some point this week. 
I think it, I think it's today. I think it's today is the day where they have that one where it's the stop fucking around and, and make these games less less close at the end. So I think that's today. And then I think K State's going to beat TCU. I, that, was, that was pretty easy for me on that one. So for sure, taking on plus four was easy. I did take a K State money line for a couple bucks as well. So I'm with you on all those picks. Um, I like your Seahawks pick. And I, I, that is, they're the two wide margin games this week mm-hmm. I have stayed away from. Um, I don't know how I feel on that 49ers Seahawks game. I know it's going to rain part of that game. Heck no, it's been raining. Yeah. And it's going to rain for the part. Yeah. And then during the game, it's actually going to rain. Yeah. Um, I, the 49ers are a better team. They should win, but the I the back door cover is wide open on this one. Absolutely. So laying 10 points is a lot, a playoff game. I'm just not doing that. Uh, I feel the same way in the Buffalo um, Dolphins game. Is that Even 13 with, and a half? It's 13 and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a ridiculous number. And Miami gave Buffalo everything they wanted a couple weeks ago. In uh, was Buffalo. Skyler playing? No, Tua was. And that's eh. the thing. Now you got Skyler Thompson. Court, but 13 and a half is begging for the backdoor cup. So I, I, I'm just I'm just avoiding it. Oh, and I fully appreciate that. Did you watch uh, the ESPN NFL pregame show this morning? No, I didn't. I hope that Skylar Thompson watched that because he will have bulletin board stuff for sure. Oh, yeah, I don't think it matters. I think Buffalo's really good. I know. I think Buffalo's going to win one game. I don't think they're winning two. I don't think they are either. I don't think that. So I, I don't know if you've heard my picks yet, but I. I haven't. Okay, so I'll let you in on it. So I, I mean, if you listen to episode 70 already, we made our picks. I picked the Chargers over the Jags. Mm-hmm. I was so unimpressed with the Jags offense last week. I mean, just pitifully unimpressed. Um, Trevor Lawrence is, a, is like a, if you wanted to order Joe Burrow on Wish, you get Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah. um, I got the Chargers beating them. I have the Chargers going to Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs. <laughs> I do. And then I have the Bengals. I have the Bengals winning. I have a Bengals-Chargers uh, AFC championship game with the Bengals winning. In the NFC, I have the 49ers versus the Eagles. And I have it pretty much chalk, except for I do have Dallas beating Tampa. And I know, like, Uncle Rico is giving me hell. And I was on Tyler's podcast this week, and he was giving me hell. Like, can you trust Dallas against Tom Brady? And I was like, I don't trust Tom Brady. That's the thing. That's exactly what I was going to say. You can't You can't trust him at this point. Yeah, so give me Dallas. And so, yeah, the big one is I just think the Chargers are getting healthy. And I went to the Chargers-Chiefs game week two. And it was, you looked at it, and if it wasn't for Herbert throwing the one pick six, that's a that's a seven-point win for the Chargers in that game. It was also week two. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Then they played again. It was a three-point game. And the Chargers are missing half their wide receivers for that game. Um, it'll be difficult. It's going to be a good game. It'll be close. Yeah. I think it's one team that can go out there and battle with them to score points with them. I mean, we've seen throughout the season that the Chiefs have played down to their competition. I was at the Broncos game on New Year's Day, just like I was at the the Chiefs game out here. Both times, Chiefs ended up playing down to the Broncos. Yeah, I think it it says something. They've covered one spread in eight weeks. And, And I know that I got some grief about hearing that. Somebody was like, well, it doesn't matter. I said, where it does matter is that there's an expectation of how you play, and that's what Uh the spread represents. And the Chiefs have played below expectations for two months. It'll be interesting to to see what Vegas puts that line at. Yeah. I expect the Chiefs will be a favorite. I expect they'll be probably a four- or five-point favorite, if I had to make a guess. Okay. Now, they could all go to shit if the, if the Jaguars win, so, which is what you've got. So, And if the Jags win, the Jags have zero chance against the Chiefs. 
I would agree with you, but for the playing down to. Yeah. What would scare me if I was the Chiefs of the Jags defense is very fast and very athletic. Yep. But they can't, they're not going to score points like that against the Chiefs. It, I know there's been a streak of the Jaguars scoring some points. They were against bad competition. And Trevor Lawrence, I just am not impressed with Trevor Lawrence. I, I'm just not. You also I, hate I, Clemson, but. <laughs> but Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I had a great one about Trevor Lawrence. I was watching the game last week, and at the end of the game, they were interviewing Trevor Lawrence, and they got the camera way too close to his face, and it hit me. Do you watch Family Guy? I I have, yeah. You know who Quagmire is? Yes. Quagmire looks like Trevor Lawrence. Pull up the pictures next to each other. I guarantee you'll laugh. Okay. Trevor Lawrence is now known as Quagmire in our house. Okay. Look, look, at that. look at that. Google. The difference is the where the head is big. Like for Quagmire, he has a bigger top of his head, and Trevor Lawrence is the bigger bottom of his head, but it looks the same when you put the pictures next to each other. Okay. I'll take a look at that. Trust me, you gotta yeah, it's gonna it's gotta be a close-up of Trevor sure. Lawrence of his face. But I I guarantee you laugh. Like I had a hard like, Peyton was with me. And he almost literally fell off the couch when I said Trevor Lawrence looks like Quagmire. So now you're looking it up. I am. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to find something that makes sense to look at them together. Let's see if I can do this for you as well. Yeah. So yeah, Quagmire and Trevor Lawrence is. Anyways, carry on. So yeah, um, enjoy that. The last like, kind of, like subject I've got before we get in a couple of little things is the NBA is in full swing. Yep. And we've gotten through Christmas, so now it's here. And uh, I am a fan. I have enjoyed the NBA season. Now, you're there in Denver. you got the best team in the league right there in Denver. Um, so much fun. And they are no joke either. I mean, no. they are good. I was watching the game Christmas when – Eric Gordon went off in that game and Jokic. And it's just, you just look at it and go, wow, they're so athletic. They're so good. Mm-hmm. And I know the Celtics have got a little better record. They have one less loss, but I'm just totally impressed with the Nuggets. Um, the Nuggets and the Celtics, but the Nuggets I'm especially impressed with. But it isn't just Jokic, it's him, it's Eric Gordon. Um, Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon. That's what I mean. Yeah, Aaron Gordon. I'm sorry. I was thinking. I was thinking somebody. Yeah, I, I'm getting him and Eric Bledsoe in my brain mixed up. <laughs> I've been watching, I watched like two of these Chinese games with Eric Bledsoe in it recently. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that later off here. <laughs> um, but it's um, one of those things. That I just I was I've been so impressed with the Nuggets, you know. And then we have like the Grizzlies, the official team of the Coach Bono's podcast. Yeah. Still playing great. Uh, John Moran missed a couple of games, but they are incredible too. I did see something that bothered me a couple of days ago. I'm watching the game on ESPN. I think it was Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And the announcers were talking about the best. They had the best five teams in the NBA. And their best five was they had the Celtics one, which I'm not going to disagree with. I think they're really, sure. really um, And it was the Celtics game they were called. Then they had um, – the Nuggets two, and then it was Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and I was like, the utter disrespect that Memphis and New Orleans are getting. Like, I think Memphis and New Orleans are better than every team in the East except for the Celtics. Okay. And and the and the Pelicans they keep winning. New Orleans Pelicans keep winning even without Zion. They had a game last week where they won by 20. No Brandon Ingram, no Zion. They just keep shooting the lights out and killing people. And then the Grizzles are the Grizzles. They are amazingly fun to watch. This West Coast basketball right now, Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, then I say West Coast, Western Conference basketball. Right. Been great. And then if you watch Dallas, who's currently the five seed, I just watched their game against it was uh, against LeBron and the Lakers, mm-hmm. where 
Luca gets in the damn one-on-one game with with LeBron basically and beats him in two yeah. overtime. It was an amazing game. There is some amazing basketball being played right now. And if you're someone who doesn't like watch the NBA, uh-huh. start watching. This is not like a lot of people don't like like it was a people who are our age in their 40s. Yeah. There was a time maybe 15, 20 years ago where the NBA was ugly. That was kind oh, of where, yeah, Pistons, and, yeah, yeah, but this is not what this is, and I don't like that kind of thug league shit anyway. That just means you don't like black people, right? That's all I to me. Um, but I look at this and I go, man, there's not one of these teams in the Western Conference I wouldn't root for. It's it's a lot of fun right now. Yeah. Um, I try to watch. A fair amount of NBA, although my loyalty lies with college basketball, but I was really impressed watching the Nuggets last night, um, second half of that game against the Clippers, because Jokic didn't play. They still won by 12. It was a solid performance. And it coming off of a season where you didn't have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. for the entire season where Jokic had to carry all of it plus some, and he was rightfully recognized for that second MVP, to have him be on the bench and then still win against a decent Clippers yeah. team. I mean, Kawhi yeah. was playing. Kawhi played um, – um, Paul George did not. but right. Jamal Murray had a great game last night, yeah. and um, I, I, I still think that Aaron Gordon – I think Aaron Gordon's been an all-star team. Aaron Gordon's a lot of fun to watch. The thing that I get interested in, because I don't understand how the coach is running his rotation with players. Okay. I don't know where Brown fits, which is just my KU bias. But, yeah. I mean, he started a game. He's been second team. He's not showed up. Yeah. Uh, Chanchar is playing a ton right now, which he's been injured the last two seasons, so we've never kind of seen what a player he yeah. is coming out of Serbia. Um, I don't know. It's fun. And I would love to see them get into another playoff scenario and get over the hump. Yeah. Four of five starters for the Clippers were in double digits last night. And then you had two players on the bench with nine. I mean, they just distribute the ball all around. Mm-hmm. Everybody who came in the game scored uh, more than five. Uh, they, they went nine deep in that game. Uh, you're right, Christian Brown didn't play. Uh, but, yeah, it's – I like what the Nuggets have done. They put a good roster together, and then you, you throw, you know, the best player in the game out there with them, and it's – pretty much a done deal. Yeah. I really like what I see in the Denver Nuggets. And, and I think that's going to be uh it's going to be interesting to see the two teams that can athletically go with them are Memphis and New Orleans. Yep. New Orleans has got to have Zion back and healthy in the playoffs. If they're going to have a shot in a series against the Nuggets. Um, Memphis, the Grizzles are my favorite team to watch because they just play above the rim. It's like yes. watching pick up basketball, and these guys are just so goddamn athletic. And I don't know that I have seen a more athletic basketball player than John Morant. He's so much fun to watch. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So um, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen here in the next few weeks as we get further into the season. So if you're not checking out the NBA, you got to get in there and check it out. And then it's also a great way to make a little extra cash. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, last subject I had, and this is kind of the nerd in me. We're going to talk a little bit about this, and this is on the wrestling side. I know you're not a big wrestling fan, mm-hmm. but we talked a little bit about this. We're talking about the business part of this. A lot of mm-hmm. rumors have gone around in the last week about the WWE. And the a Vince McMahon has basically bullied his way into becoming the chairman of the board again. He's back on the board. He's basically elected himself the, the chairman. He's yep. put three people on the board with him. Um, he owns 60% of all, owner of uh, all voting rights. 
so he can just do what he wants this case. Sure. But if you follow the Coach Bono's Twitter, you know that there was a report a couple of days ago that the Saudi group, the Saudi Public Investment Trust, the group that owns the Live Golf Tournament, mm-hmm. uh, Live Golf Tour, I should say, um, that they are showing interest in purchasing WWE. And then at some point, a report broke that they were going to purchase the WWE. And I said on the, on the Twitter feed, I had like 10 questions. Like, oh, yep. my God. One has, if this is true, has WWE done any due diligence as far as other people coming in with money? You know, is there going to be a class? There is a class action lawsuit up that's forming against WWE and Chris okay. McMahon. Um, if the Saudi trust buys this company, that's one court. Because they're going to say that there wasn't enough due diligence um, for other groups to come in. Yep. Now, I think in the end, what's actually happening here, Vince McMahon's elected himself back to the board. And I don't think it's because he wants to run the show at WrestleMania, as a lot of the geeks online are saying. I think it has more to do with the sale is imminent. I think he has a buyer. It might be the Saudis. If not, I think he has the Saudis in pocket to help drive the price up for another purchaser. Okay. This is that, that's my opinion. My opinion is that I'm of the opinion that Comcast is going to buy the WWE. They already have a long relationship. The programming's already there for Peacock. They don't have to negotiate new rights, you know, for the new television rights. They can move the stuff that's on Fox over to NBC or to Universal, uh-huh. whatever you want to do. And then you got the content in-house. It makes sense. Sure. You know, where my question is, and, and I think that Vince knows that. I think that what he's doing is he's using the salaries to drop the price up. The stock price has gone from 71 to 90. It's now 88 as of the close of business Friday. Okay. Um, it's gone from 71 a share to 88. It did pump up near 90, which is near, near its all-time high. Okay. 91 is actually the all-time high. If Vince has got an idea of trying to get 95 from Comcast, a share, but the Saudis would come in and give him 105. Uh huh. Because they don't care about the money. No. Would Comcast then say it will give you 106? That's what Vince has to be doing here, right? So I think that has to be part of it. But I guess my concern is at some point, does Comcast just get tired of the dance and back yes. out? Yeah. And then no. all of a sudden, Vince is stuck with the Saudis, mm-hmm. which he was only using for leverage. And uh-huh. now he's in bed with them. And yeah. there's been a lot of grumbling about how much they do over in Saudi Arabia, given the political structure, the human rights issues, all that kind of stuff. It's not like it would completely turn off the fan base if all of a sudden Saudi Arabia, their investment fund owns WWE. But I just wonder how much of this is Vince's ego getting too far ahead of the cart and him getting thrown from the horse to mix metaphors yeah. in the process. Yep. So there's a lot to this. I agree that that gets a big part of it too. I think that he got bounced before he wanted to leave mm-hmm. with everything that happened last year. Mm-hmm. The new TV rights are coming up and going to negotiations this summer. They're not going to get as much, I don't think, from Fox is showing a huge loss on WWE, on their program. Okay. And originally Fox brought that in thinking that that was going to be a lead-in for a lot of their weekend programming. It would be like all sports all weekend with mm-hmm. SmackDown on Friday night being a sports program. It okay. really hasn't been that way. Um, and then you have you know some of the programming there, some of the programming – on NBC Universal with USA Network and, and Peacock. Uh, the old WW Network is now on Peacock, which yep. 
my question is, I'm thinking about this. So Peacock is supposedly paying, has paid $500 million to get the WWE program for five years on Peacock. Okay. Um, the Fox is paying $125 million a year for SmackDown and losing money. Okay. If the... I understand a content creator buying. I understand a podcast with who has Peacock. I would understand Disney buying it. Mm-hmm. To use to add a Disney Plus or to whatever. Like I get that. You can add that show to any of their other platforms as well. Um, I, I, I can see and understand those content creators coming in and doing it. But then how do you value the company when you then lose the rights to licensing the television programs? Yeah, that's a fair point. Because if I'm if I, Disney or Comcast, I'm not going to license it back to Fox. Right. I want control of all that. So now I'm dependent on the advertising which isn't nearly as profitable to the company as the company selling its rights are. Sure. We've also yeah. seen that when they travel and they're doing their shows, there's less of them. They're not selling yep. as many tickets. So I don't know that you're buying it for the live events either. I'm wondering what these content companies, and this is where I think it might bite WWE in the ass. They might've overplayed their hand with the Saudi investment trust piece because if Comcast says we're not paying $95 a share or more, or if Disney comes in and says, eh, that's not the right fit for us. I totally don't think it's the right fit for Disney. It no. makes sense for Comcast for me. It doesn't make sense for Disney. And then you look at it and go, okay, well now who's left? And there's talk of um, Liberty Media, who is the people who own the UFC. Okay. There is talk of the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Yep. Um, I do have another opinion on that as well. I'll get to that in a second. And then from there, you can maybe look at like Time Warner, Time Warner Discovery. But they already have that same kind of content from a competitor. Yeah. And they get it at a much smaller cost. Although the argument would be with Discovery, Time Warner... Or whatever their hell their yeah, name is now, that, yeah. they continue to move to more unscripted content because they don't yeah. want to pay for shit. Yeah, all of a sudden. It, it, but the Warner Brothers Discovery also has to get involved in this whole NBA rights thing in a year. Yep. So that's going to be. I think that takes them out the the, the equation. I, I don't. If Vince does not have an owner in his pocket ready to go then he's in trouble. Agreed. Yeah. And if the Saudi Public Investment Fund is the owner, it's going to have to... I, I'm curious to see, because I guess the talk was they were going to then make it private. They were going to take it take it private. Oh, absolutely. With Yeah. Now, see, yeah, I was doing some work and some, some due diligence on the Saudi Public Investment Fund. We know they established the Live Golf Tournament, Live yeah. Golf Tour. Um. They tried to take over the Newcastle United soccer team last yep. year. That fell through. They bought Ronaldo. They bought Ronaldo for their own league. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the other, there's the issues with them and Trump and what happens is Trump has left, left being president. But and then you look, Yeah. Then you go and look and see what some of the, um, what this trust, this fund open owns. They have some of the investments they do have are pretty um, disconcerting. Yep. So I'm going to list a few of these for you. They have a 5% stake in Live Nation. Hmm. They have a 5% stake in Boeing, Facebook, Citigroup. Um, they have a half a billion dollar stake in Disney. Yeah. A half a billion dollar stake in Bank of America. And almost a billion dollars in BP, British Petroleum. Well, I mean, so, how else are they getting their oil out yeah. of the desert? So it's <laughs> it's one of those where you look at it and you go, well, wait a minute. You have 
you've got this isn't just this evil empire. They've got their hands in a lot of cookie jars. And how does that how does WWE help them? Is what I'm trying money. to say. It's just a money laundering thing. That's mm-hmm. all. The other piece I was wondering is do you think that getting WWE content and having a partner because you could then sell there if you were the Saudis, if you're in this investment group, you can now sell the, the, the rights to somebody. Do you then try to sell them for less to Fox? Go to Fox and say, hey, we'll give you this, but take Live Golf too. I mean, because right now no one is willing to carry Live no, Golf. No. There has been a little flirting with, with Fox, as I understand, but there's been some flirting, but there's been no fucking yet. Um, so that would be interesting. I don't know. It's it's going to be one of those things that Fox would. I mean, that would be the, the most likely spot yeah. for it to fall. The other issue to me is that Fox doesn't have a pay um um on demand site like like peacock or paramount plus or or disney plus they have a free one yep and so if you move all that wwe content over to it which they could eventually um do you have to then charge for it you know that that's where i'm one it it, to me it's going to be interesting this is going to be like the a a business story and a legal story this is going to be a huge one in sports Yes. This year, 2023. I want to see how this is going to go. So Great. I'm not even worried about how the, it's going to do the creative stuff. I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried. This, I want to see how this goes overall. And I want to see what Vince McMahon's um, situation is. Is it that he wants to get back in control? Or is he trying to truly cash out? I think it's both. I think he doesn't oh. know. I think he doesn't know. No, I think his ego is way too far involved for him to be able to make that decision. Yeah. yeah, I find that whole thing to be interesting. So it'll be it'll be fun to see what happens. Um hey sure. last thing, you know, I know you're a big Cubs fan. And yep. uh I am a fringe Cubs fan, just the people our age who watch stuff on WGN's kids. And F- Wrigley feels my second favorite part. So um, and I do all I know all the words to go, go Cubs go. So, oh, good! Congratulations! Yeah, that actually that song makes me cry. Uh, it's a banger. Um, I'll tell you why. So the first time I went to Wrigley Field was as an adult. Jen surprised me. Took me to Wrigley Field for Father's Day one year. And you know I'd heard the song you know when I was a kid. And then the time I'm at Wrigley Field for the first time, I had Peyton with me, and he was young. He was like maybe five or six. Mm-hmm. And it was still the hug daddy kind of stuff yeah like he's tired it's near the end of the game so he's like i'm holding him and the cubs mm-hmm. win and go cubs go everybody starts singing and peyton's singing and i'm singing and it was one of them good father-son moments and Aww. so i'm reminded of that when i hear the song so i always tear up when i hear go cubs go but uh cubs con which is the big you know cubs get together thing with their fans um they had a couple big announcements this week and i thought these were kind of cool you mentioned i didn't know about one I knew about the other yeah, um, Ryan Sandberg is getting a statue, which is super cool. Um, yeah. That was announced today, and Ryan was there and came on stage and received a resounding standing ovation. So that's pretty cool. I mean, he is the player I grew up watching yeah. as a kid. I still think he's the best second baseman in the history of baseball. Yeah, I know that people will argue. A couple other people. I'll take Ryan Sandberg over any of them. So uh, the other one I thought was cool, because, again, I was a kid in the 80s and 90s, the Cubs Hall of Fame, they're adding Mark Grace and Sean Dunstan, which is two of my favorites as a kid. Mark Grace, I still think, is the best defensive first baseman I've ever seen, even better than Keith Hernandez. Yeah. Um, I mean, just I, I had the poster back when I was in high school. It was a Nike poster of Mark Grace, like bent down, trying to catch the way the Grace under pressure. Yeah. It was this long photo of him. And I was like, how does anybody put their body in that position? That's amazing. Yep. 
And, yeah, and no, I remember being um, in Chicago for my cousin's wedding and we went to a Cubs game and my dad saw Sean Dunstan in the crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, he was there watching a game and my dad went over and got Sean Dunstan's autograph on the back of a business card because that's all he happened to have on him. Yeah. That eventually gotten stolen when he went to a Bulls playoffs game. But um, yeah, like these were the teams that I grew up with and gave me the biggest heartbreaks of my young life. <laughs> yeah. Sean Dunstan, for those that don't know, was just an incredible start stop. Oh, I yeah. he had one of the greatest arms. I always joked that Sean Dunstan could probably pitch from center field if he wanted to. So strong, and he was fast. Like, his twitch reflexes were so good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so happy to hear that. They're going to get inducted into the Cubs Hall of Fame and then mm -hmm. statue for Ryan Sandberg. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's no cool shit going on with my Red Sox because we're just fucking awful. Trevor Story's hurt. Uh, not going to be out for half a season. Yeah. Bogarts is left. They did, they did give Rafi Devers an extension. They did. Have they they not, locked him in. If, had they not, there might have been an uprising. I might have been at the head of the uprising. I mean, I would have been up front. There would have been pitchforks and, and lanterns to Fenway Park. So but are they gonna commit the ultimate sin and sign Bauer? I don't know. I know they're on the list. I, I I don't think they will when it's all said and done, but they might. Okay. The thing about it is this season, whoever does sign him gets him super cheap. They get him for oh, like sure. It's because the Dodgers are paying him 25 million to go away. Yep. But yep. he's a egregiously just gross human being. Yep. You know anything about this stuff that happened? And I know all those lawsuits have been sealed up now and he's settled them all. And but it's pretty gross some of that stuff if you've heard any of it. So, yeah, I, 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 I do hope that he remains an outcast. Although, as we were talking about earlier, as much as the NFL has a problem with uh, signing questionable players, that Major League Baseball is not far behind. And no. um, I hope he continues to live in purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, let's get up out of here. So I uh, appreciate you coming back in. We've been a couple weeks off. It's nice to see you again. Good to see I you. Had, I had a great time talking again. So, um, but hey, uh, we want to say thank you to you. Thank you, Alan, for coming in again. We'll be back next week. We'll be back on hopefully on our regular recording. We're trying to get there. It just is what it is right now. Yeah. So, um, also want to thank Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. So until next until next time, that is Ellen Wagenter. I am Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember your time tokens are not in fun. Take care, everybody.